Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron. And today we have on someone who's a bit controversial, a straight talker, and says it like it is, Mr. Richard Hart. And Richard's on the show today to tell us why he feels Bitcoin has failed as a currency. And we're going to get straight into it today. But before we get into it, please, wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed, leave us a rating and a comment. It helps us stay visible and helps people find the show. Head over to Crypto101Podcast.com. There, you can follow our social medias, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook. Follow our socials so you can stay up to date all things Crypto 101. And patrons, please go to the Patreon page. I put up a special video with my interview of Mr. Ari Tro, location, 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 all about how GPS on the blockchain and location data is going to shape our future. And before we get into it, please remember, this is not trading advice, investment advice, legal advice, or personal advice. Also, there might be some adult language, so if you're listening to this in the car with your kids, be careful. And now, without further ado, Mr. Richard Hart. Enjoy the conversation. Richard Hart, very nice to meet you, sir. Good to meet you. So is this the same Richard Hart that bought Bitcoin at $30, that retired in 2003, that's a serial entrepreneur and the founder of Bitcoin Hex? Correct. That is I. Did I miss anything? A lot of stuff, yeah. But it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I wrote a couple books. They're free. You can download them. I got like a bunch of chat rooms with like 6K people, 2K people, 1,500 people. I don't, I don't want to pass up all that stuff. So please tell us about the books. All right. I'm Richard Hart, retired serial entrepreneur. I uh, started my first business out of my front yard. It was Car Stereo. Did it for two years. Worked great. Then I got into search engine optimization, pay-per-click management. This is in 2001. Google AdWords didn't exist yet. There was no way to bid on traffic on Google. You had to like buy banners. And then uh, got some clients that did well. Mortgage leads. Started a mortgage company. Cash advance loans. Miracle Cleaner. A lot of different businesses. Anything we could sell on the internet. Got up to 150 employees. Did 60 million a year. 60 million a year in gross sales. What else? So then I retired, moved around the world, lived in Panama a couple of years, uh, Costa Rica, Argentina, traveled Europe five years, spent a year in, in Australia, just been everywhere, done everything. And uh, first saw Bitcoin when it was a dollar and then, uh, you know, thought nothing of it. And then uh, when I saw the Silk Road article on Wired, it's when I got in along with a lot of other people, which made the $30 peak. Like I'm one of the people that helped make that bubble and then wrote it down to one and then sat through a bunch of bubbles after then came out publicly to defend my investment when uh, I saw Ethereum was overtaking the market cap and mm -hmm. I didn't own any Ethereum. So spent some good time telling people not to buy Ethereum uh, to my own detriment and theirs because they would have made a lot of money. They sold the top. I learned that being technically right is not the same as being priced right mm -hmm. and you need to separate the two. Because a lot of bad projects pump, a lot of good projects die, uh, and things that get hacked, the price doesn't even go down. It's a very funny game we play in the crypto speculation game. Your audience knows your origin stories inside and out. Mine does not. So if they're watching live right now, they're probably like, oh, this, this shit again. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> trying to tighten it up, trying to make it shorter for you guys. But what I really want to talk about is some of your philosophies. I think that you are much more realist when it comes to Bitcoin. You know, you have a lot of influencers online and they're saying, buy Bitcoin. It's going to be mass adoption. We're going to be down at the grocery store buying bread and milk and cereal with Bitcoin. Just give it time. And you're, you said Bitcoin has failed to be a currency. Yeah. What does that mean? And what do you say to somebody when they say, just give it more time? This is the internet 1993. Well, if you look at how startups operate today, 
good ideas go viral and rapidly scale to millions of users quickly. Airbnb went from no users to lots and lots of users over maybe six, seven years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uber went from no users to lots and lots of users over maybe the same time frame, similar time frame. Bitcoin's been around for longer than both of those companies and has a thousand X less users, a hundred X less users. Mm-hmm. Right? So in Bitcoin, there was only 4.3 million wallets that have over a hundred dollars in them. Now there are users of exchanges that think they're users of Bitcoin. They're not. And they think they own Bitcoin because an exchange owns the Bitcoin for them. Mm-hmm. That's not what Bitcoin was designed for. Bitcoin was designed to get rid of all those people. You hold your keys, you own your money, not your keys, not your coin, right? The real utility, the real usage of the currency can be seen in the unique wallets, right? And one person can hold more than one wallet. So assuming, like if I, if I tell you there's only 4.3 million wallets with over $100 in them, we could actually have less than 4 million users of the Bitcoin network because 10 of those wallets could belong to one guy, right? right? That's pitiful adoption, absolutely right. pitiful. And we've not only, we've had retailers stop accepting Bitcoin, we've had ATMs shut down. That depends on where you live. I guess some places, maybe there's some ATMs opening up. I know a lot of places where they've just shut down. So if you've got, if you've got an 83% price drop and you've had 10 years with absolutely no retail adoption at all, two of the top 400 retailers accept the currency. And the ones that do accept it also accept 10 other things. Let's be real. 90 plus percent of your price is in the speculative value and of the store value um, proposition, you mm-hmm. know, which if you hold longer than three years, you're always cash positive. If you hold longer than three years, Bitcoin has been the best investment of nearly any investment possible. Now, that being said, is that a currency? No, absolutely not. Now, is that okay? Yes, because a store value is worth more than a payment network. Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, 770 billion combined. Mm-hmm. Gold, 7.7 trillion. That's right. 10 times larger. Right. So the only actually successful use case in crypto, and I'm talking all of crypto with maybe one or two exceptions, is store value, speculation. Mm-hmm. The only good thing that crypto does currently is the price can go up and you can sell it for more fiat. So That's it. Why is it not working? Look, I, I could have not done... Uh, crypto one-to-one without Ethereum, without cryptocurrency, without paying uh, editors across the world in many different countries and blog writers and, and people who they all came from the community from, you know, either Australia or from Europe or USA. And I was able to pay them with this. Why is it not working if it's so functional? Well, you're, you're getting a bad deal. You're just not doing the math right. So I'll explain mm-hmm. the deal that you're actually getting to you. And then you'll understand you'd be better off paying them in cash. Okay. Here's how it works. People spend the majority of their money on rent and food. Rent and food are paid in your local currency, mm-hmm. always. So if you live in America, you pay in dollars. So if you work for a crypto company and you live in America, one, you receive these magical, wonderful coins at the rate at which they were, you know, the exchange rate when you got them. And then you have to sell them as quickly as possible, or you might not be able to pay your bills. Mm-hmm. because price could drop. Sometimes it drops 10% an hour. Sometimes it drops 20% an hour. Sometimes it goes up 10% an hour. Do you want to not be able to pay your rent? Are you living day to day like most people? Okay. Well, you got to sell it as quickly as you possibly can. All right. Well, when can you sell? After some confirmations. How many? I don't know. Let's call it three. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how long does three confirmations take? Well, sometimes it takes two hours. And sometimes it takes one hour. And sometimes it takes 30 minutes. So you better hope that you can sell your coins and that hour to two hours to 30 minutes, you can't tell when, at the rate that you got them for. Now, how much are you going to pay in fees? Two and a half percent withdrawal fee, maybe. 
bid ask spread. If you're doing big volume, you're going to hit the order book hard and get slippage, maybe a quarter percent there. Mm-hmm. You're probably not a whale. So, you know, maybe the, the bid ask spread doesn't matter to you, but you are going to pay a market order fee, mm-hmm. which let's call it uh, another tenth of a percent. So now you're down 3.6% or 2.6%, and you've waited two or three hours to get your money. And guess what? Now you've actually just started the wait because now to pay your bills, you've got to wait for that exchange to send you your fiat to your normal bank account. So let's add another day to your shit. So now maybe you can pay your rent. What? Like you could have paid me by PayPal and it would have been quicker. You could have paid me by any fucking method imaginable and it would have lower fees and be faster. Mm. So this dream, this fantasy that crypto of any form can work well for payments is dog shit. It's not true. Unless, and I've never seen this yet, but in theory, it's possible. You could have a circular ecosystem where everyone just builds up enough stack of this currency mm-hmm. that they can transact with each other. But right. you have to re-pump back into the stack in a whole circle, right? So like the, the farmer makes the food and the people buy the food and it goes to the restaurant and take a crap and they pay their employees. And all this, never seen it. Never happened, right? It's like, it's a dream. Now, should it occur one day? Yes, just like email sucked for a really long time. One day, crypto should be as useful, right? I don't care about one day. I care about now. I want to make 100x or 1,000x this year. I don't give a shit about what happens in 20 years. Oh, maybe maybe Bitcoin finally got some users 20 years from now. Right. I don't have time for that shit. I got 300,000 users in my own retail business back when I did business 10, 15 years ago, <laughs> and it only took me two years to do it. With the dollar. So, like, Bitcoin adoption's garbage. So now, your, your, your quote why is, can't I fix Bitcoin's adoption? Okay, go ahead. Because there's too many freeloaders. If I spent all of my money on marketing, I'd have to drag up all the other dead weight of all the other people that aren't helping me. Now, what if I had my own project without all the dead weight? What if I had enough money to be cash positive onboarding new users? You said <clears> people <throat> don't give a shit about changing the world. They just want to make money. Is that true? Oh, yeah, it's 100% true. However, it's slightly misleading because most things that do make money do make the world a better place. Okay. So the only things that make money that make the world a worse place are vices where you get addicted. You get people addicted to games that destroy their consciousness and waste their life away. Mm -hmm. Grinding games that have no end where you do the same repetitive thing over and over again, destroying the human. Candy Crush. Clash of Clans, Candy Crush, any casual game pretty much. Not a poker fan. We know this. If you want to learn how to stop playing those games, there's a video on my YouTube channel. I'll tell you how. I used to be addicted for 10 years and I kicked it. And there's some tricks I can teach you to help you kick it too. There's better ways to waste your time. So if you're not robbing people and you're not addicting them to shit that's bad for them, you are probably making the world a better place. Mm -hmm. So you're not saying that cryptocurrency, Bitcoin has failed up to this point, but you know, if you... But it succeeded as a store of value. But it succeeded as a store of value. value. Okay. Can you go into that a little bit? It will succeed as a currency, but it will succeed for all the currencies. Lightning works for all the cryptos. It doesn't just work for Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So can you go into that a little bit more about about the store value? Is more valuable than a payment network? I know you just touched on it briefly with with the Visa being $700 billion, but... What would you pay more for, a car or to transport the car to you after you bought it? You'll always pay a subset of the value of the thing you're transporting for Mm -hmm. the transport of the thing. So by definition, you're always going to pay less for a payment network than you are for the stuff that you're moving. Mm -hmm. So stores of value, which is the goods that we care about, are always going to be more value valuable than transporters of value because transporters of value and money itself is just a proxy for the actual things that have value which are goods and services so only goods and services actually matter money and payment networks are just accounting systems and transactional systems that we use to help facilitate the actual goods and services that really matter 
So if Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are just a big, giant, distributed Ponzi scheme that pumps and dumps over and over and over again at larger and larger values until they've onboarded enough users to change the world, that's better. That's fine. There was no other way you were going to get there. How else would you get there? Facebook coin? You think Facebook coin is going to be good to you? You think Facebook coin is going to do you a solid? Facebook hasn't done you a solid. Facebook coin isn't going to do you a solid. This oscillating speculative bubble may be the only way to onboard the planet onto peer-to-peer digital finance that removes government's power over man to some degree. Did you always think this way? When you were looking at Bitcoin at $1 and you bought it in at 30 were you always this in this mindset or was that an evolution? If you want to make the world a better place, do medical research. Mm-hmm. Buying crypto and making more money or trading and taking money from other people, you're not making the world a better place. Now, I got a BitMEX link that'll give you 10% discount. If you're going to waste your money and waste your life, go ahead and do it on my referral link. But richardhart.win. If you have the option to do something better with your life and get rich anyway, you should do that. If you're a rich guy and you want to play in startups, do biotech startups. Mm-hmm. If you're uh, a rich guy and you want to donate to charity, donate to the Sense Foundation. They may help build the medicine that will save you or your children's life. If you want to actually make the world a better place, what we need is medical research. That's what we need. My parents aren't dead yet, but they probably will die soon. And I haven't done much for them. My dog will die and then I'll die. And at what point do you realize this money shit, it's not changing that much, right? You're eating the same restaurants, you're watching the same movies. What are you doing with the money? Spend it on the research. It'll save your fucking life. That's the next step. Like all this crypto stuff, it's great, but it's not truly saving lives. Medical mm-hmm. research will. So that's my next project. <clears throat> that's why that book, the free books I wrote are called Survive, like how you can survive through science basically tells you how to do everything, how to get rich, how to get laid, how to have fun, how to learn better. Everything that I know, it's in the book. Um, it's free. You just go to t.me forward slash SciVive and you can download it. And there's another book I wrote called Fix the World, which is more political stuff that you can't personally do, but matters, right? So systematic stuff, educational system, political system. How can we fix those systems? Most people can't move the levers to fix those things, but someone can. So maybe that knowledge will get to those people. Tell us about that medical research. Like you said, you want to go and start doing that instead of cryptocurrency or both at the same time. This is how you're actually going to help people. What is that? Well, people don't understand. The meaning of life is quality times quantity. You can improve the quality of your life a little bit, but you're the limiting factor. If I gave you a two or three times better cheeseburger, your taste buds aren't good enough to notice the difference. If I played you a song that's twice as good, there's no such thing because you're the limiting factor. So we've reached diminishing returns on how good perfumes can smell and Mm. how good food can taste. And so if you want to get a 10x higher quality times quantity of life, right, the product of your life, you can't do it with just quality. You need to extend the quality, the, the quantity. So can I get you 10x extra years of healthy life? Yeah, I can. Our just science, our science sucks right now right? But we could get you an extra 200, 400 years of healthy, enjoyable life. And if you got bored with it, you could shoot yourself in the head, right? Now, people think that they're going to get bored, but it's not true because their memories aren't that good. How do you think that long, so, longevity of life is going to going to change society? Like if people are living to say 100 or 200 years, it's going to change dramatically. I mean, if a woman has kids in her 30s or 40s, they, they'll get old. Even having kids is a distant memory. Retirement's going to move back. You know, we're going to just change society. How do you think it's going to well, change? We've already, we've already doubled or tripled lifespans over the last couple hundred years, right? Seems to have worked out did pretty we, well. Did we really double or triple? Because people are still living to the same, uh, same age, you know, 80, 90 years think, old. It's just more get, people are now living to the same age. we get like a year every 10 years. I think we live like a year longer, healthy lifespan every 10 years. Mm-hmm. So we should have got, over the last 200 years, we should have got about 20 years of extra life. So if we die on average at 80 now, we died 
probably on average 60 then. And you can look these numbers up, right? You know, if you go back far enough, people just died in their 20s. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But there are the uh, there are the the outliers that did live till their 70, 80, 90. Right. Let, let's just assume it all sucks horribly and terribly. It is inevitably going to happen anyway. <laughs> it is going to happen. So do you want to be around to see how it sucks? Oh, man, I'm, I want to live to as long as I can. Yeah. Health span, right? Yeah, man. How long can you be healthy? If it sucks, call it quits. This has nothing to do with blockchain or Bitcoin, but I want to bring it back to blockchain because we kept on talking about uh, cryptocurrency. Bitcoin is failed as a currency. Do you have the same ideas about blockchain or these blockchain startups as well? Is blockchain They're just, worse. They're, they're the far worst. worse. Oh, please. So cryptocurrencies have a reason to use a blockchain. Okay. A blockchain is an extremely, extremely bad database. Sometimes you can't write to it. Sometimes what you write to it gets forked off and disappears. It's extremely slow. Bitcoin does three or four transactions a second. It's extremely expensive. It's extremely wasteful. If you want the slowest, shittiest database in the world, use a blockchain. Now, who are the only people in the world that benefit from using such a terrible system? People that need censorship resistance. If people are trying to censor your transactions, blockchain is amazing. It's the only thing we got. It works. It's been working for 10 years, 99 plus percent uptime. Try doing that with anything else. You can't. Mm -hmm. So all these startups that do digital ledger technology, they do not and should not be using a blockchain because no one is trying to censor their transactions. If you want to take an engineer's perspective on this, the National Institute of Standards in the United States, NIST, created a document on blockchain that has a flowchart on it. And it says, do you need this? 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 And it gives you all of your options, right? And then finally, after all those, it has blockchain. So you only need a blockchain if you don't have anyone that you both trust. If you both have someone you trust, you can just trust that guy. Uh, you need immutability. And it just goes through the whole list, right? So if your project needs censorship resistance, use a blockchain. If it doesn't, which the vast majority do not, it's the worst product in the world to add to your, your thing. Like, it's horrible. So what, so what I'm hearing from all the hodlers out there, if you're going to invest in a blockchain startup, an ICO or a cryptocurrency, you're just going to go in there for your 10x and get out. Don't don't be in there for the tech. Don't be in there for the startup. Don't be in there for the future. Make the money, get out, go to something else and then get into med the medical field. Or just do a better thing to start. Right. So like, take the project that I'm doing. Bitcoin, you can send coins and you can mine it. And that's it. So crypto and Bitcoin did the currency well. Awesome. But it didn't do finance well. It didn't do exchanges well, which is why we have exchanges that are worth billions of dollars because crypto couldn't do it. They had to do it, right? right? So someone had to build the peer-to-peer, -peer, trustless, interest-bearing time deposit. I built it. No one else did. Okay. And, and we're well, talking I about built. Bitcoin Hex. Yeah, right. right. So Bitcoin Hex is an extremely useful thing that someone had to build. It's obvious, right? It's a no-brainer. What products does a bank have? Okay, you don't like banks? You want to get rid of banks? What products do they have? And can you develop in a peer-to-peer -peer manner a way to replace this? It's that simple. Bitcoin did currency. I did savings accounts. But truthfully, it also does higher throughput and lower fees. So it will do currency better too. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about Bitcoin Hex. Why the name Bitcoin Hex? It's an ERC-20. Is that correct? Yep. yep. Tell, tell us about the not only the inspiration of making it, what it's going to do. On the website, it says, claim your free Bitcoin hex and change the world. People yeah. want to change the world with it. Just tell us about the whole motivation behind it, the naming, <clears throat> the branding, and the future. Sure. So if you're going to start a new cryptocurrency, who are the best users to onboard? 
the ones that have been around the longest and that are the richest, right? Because, hey, maybe they'll buy more tokens. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll advertise at good places. Maybe they'll help it get listed on nice exchanges, right? If you're going to onboard users of crypto as your first set of users to help prime the pump and spread the word, there's no better users than Bitcoin users, right? They've held through the most dumps. They've got four times the market cap of the next guys. It's, it's a really good user base. And I've got a bunch of Bitcoin. So, hey, why not pump my own bags with some more free coins, right? <laughs> so... If, uh, if you're going to start a new currency, you're going to want to airdrop Bitcoin holders or have Bitcoin holders in there, which is the reason. Let me give you a list of the top 10 currencies that have also given free crypto to Bitcoin holders. Bitcoin Cash gave free crypto to Bitcoin holders. Mm-hmm. XRP gave free crypto to Bitcoin holders and anyone else that gave their email address. Mm-hmm. Lumens gave free crypto to Bitcoin holders. You had to sign proof that you had coins. Those are all top 10 cryptos. And then Bitcoin SV was given to Bitcoin Cash, which came from Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So in effect, you have five or four currencies in the top 10 that are given for free to Bitcoin holders. So this concept that like, oh man, you shouldn't use Bitcoin is the name because we don't want a fourth Bitcoin in the top 10. Stupid, right? <laughs> is Linux Mint and Fedora Linux and Red Hat Linux all scams because they all use the Linux name? No, they're called Linux because they're forks of At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Linux, and it's useful to know that. So, is it useful to know that a fork of Bitcoin is a fork of Bitcoin and therefore has Bitcoin in the name? Yeah. Is there brand confusion? Only if you add it. If you add some marketing to your website that says real Bitcoin is fake and our fake Bitcoin is actually the real one, right. well, then you're an asshole, right? And that's the problem. Like the name is not the problem. The problem is the misleading marketing. Right. So now that being said, I'm happy to pivot to a better hex name 
as soon as I find one, I've tried, I've had votes and I've tried to pivot to Strape, Hex Trust, Trustless Interest, Scarcity Coin. Nobody likes the names. They like Bitcoin Hex better. So until I find a better name, I'm stuck with it. I plan on having a higher market cap than Bitcoin itself, and it will be a lot easier to do that without Bitcoin in the name. Tell us how to claim your free Bitcoin Hex then. Well, right now you can't, but in eight weeks you should be able to, and you should be able to fool around with a demo claim tool on a testnet in about six weeks. Okay. So all you do is you have some Bitcoin in a wallet at the snapshot, a block height. At that date, at that time, that block height, we take a snapshot on the network. Whoever had coins then is eligible to get free Bitcoin Hex. Mm-hmm. As long as your coins are in a normal address, normal SegWit or normal address, no multi-sig or weird scripts or anything like that, then you just go to the website, claim.bitcoinhex.com, which isn't up yet, right? But it will be. You go to the site, you paste your Bitcoin address. You're worried about anonymity and security? Use a proxy. Use Tor. Use a computer at the library. I don't care. So you just paste your Bitcoin address in there and you tell it you want to claim. It goes through and makes you a little statement. Copy that statement to your Bitcoin wallet. You click sign. You copy the output back. You click submit. You're done. So that's basically put your address in, copy, paste, copy, paste, done. That's it. Now you do have to have a Bitcoin wallet that can make signatures. Most of them can. So Ledger, Trezor, Coinomi, Electrum, Bitcoin Core for anything except BEC32 addresses, which no one uses. That's it. What is Bitcoin Hex designed to do? I guess you're going to claim it. You're just going to make interest, money. This is what it's for? Or is there any uh, utility? It's designed to appreciate in price. That's its sole goal. It's sole goal. to become as expensive as possible. Yeah. How is it going to do that without a utility? I guess people are looking at, uh, like for Bitcoin, they say adoption Uh, is going to be the utility. (laughs) Yeah. People only buy crypto because the price is going to go up. Mm -hmm. That's the utility. There ain't no other utility. Go look at the top 10. Tell me the utility. There ain't none. So being a store of value is enough. Having something that just goes up in price is enough. Doesn't need to do other stuff. That's more than enough. And it's been more than enough for everything else in the list. Mm-hmm. Right? So <clears throat> how do you get price to go up? Well, you can increase demand or you can reduce supply. That's it. So how do we increase demand? Well, we could do a lot of advertising, but I can't tell you about that because the Howey test. The Howey test says that you're a security and have to follow securities laws if have people giving money to a common pool with the expectation of profit from the work of others. Mm. So I like to fail all of those tests, right? You're not giving me any money. There ain't no common pool. I promise you nothing. No work at all. Contracts there. It works. Use it if you want. Have fun, right? No securities problems. So that's how you could increase demand is through advertising, right? Now, how do you decrease supply? By getting people to lock up their coins and take them off the market. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how do you convince them to do that? By paying them interest. Well, that's pretty easy. That's what they do in the real world. You go to the bank and you're like, hey, I want interest. They're like, okay, get a savings account. You're like, oh, those rates suck. You want higher rates? Lock it for a longer time. We pay you more. Oh, it already works in the real world. There's already $600 billion of CDs in the United States. 571, last I checked. And that's not even the CDs over $100,000, which are called jumbo CDs. I don't know why it's so hard to find a measurement on those. I haven't found one yet. But that's a $600 billion market just in America. And the ratios seem to be the same in other countries, right? Does Bitcoin address that market, that $600 billion market? No. Well, why not? Because whoever designed it didn't have the 10 years of learning that we've had. You know, it was the first of its kind. In 10 years, we figured some stuff out. Well, I would much rather people stake their coins than buy mining hardware. When people buy mining hardware, 
it just increases the pollution, increases the electric bills, and then they sell more coins on the market to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So more miners equals lower Bitcoin price. More people staking equals higher Bitcoin hex price. Self-empowering, right? People stake, price goes up. They FOMO, they stake, price goes up more. Less supply, it just keeps going. There's no, there's no canceling it out with having to sell coins to pay electric bills to pollute the environment, right? So, so you got your test coming out in six weeks, eight weeks. People can, play, can claim this Bitcoin hex if they yeah. want to. If they want to make this money, if they want to just you know get into a Bitcoin that's just going to go up in value because of the things that you just said. Well, no, it could a, go down. It, it depends could. on what. Fuck, if if everyone drives the price to retard levels, then it can dip, <laughs> right? Like dips what, are not what is retard guy. levels. <laughs> it's designed. It's designed to pump. But that don't mean that it pumps in a fucking forty-five degree angle with with no variations. So how do they get? A, how do they know when this is ready to go? That's what I'm asking. Oh, well, go to the site and put your email in there, and go to the go to the chat room. So we got fourteen hundred people in the chat room right now, just talking about Bitcoin hacks. There's about one hundred and fifty live all the time. T.me forward slash Bitcoin hacks. Go to my Twitter, uh, Twitter.com forward slash Richard Hart Win Richard Hart W I N. Go to my YouTube, uh, Richard Hart on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Richard Hart. And yeah, you're going to know when it comes out. I mean, look, you should be in the chat room and reading the website now because there's so much cool game theory in this that it's going to take you a week to understand it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's much more complicated and interesting than crypto. In crypto, you have, is the price up or is the price down? And that's all you got. In this, you got, if you claim the first week, you get 20% bonus. If you refer somebody, you get 20% of their stack. If you refer yourself, you get 20% on your own stack. If you stake your coins, you get coins that didn't get claimed, like Satoshi's coins, and you get interest, and you get critical mass and virality bonus, which inflates the currency to early stakers as more and larger claims come after them. So everyone has a reason to spread the word. And you have two other revenue sources as a staker on top of the interest. If people emergency end their stake you get half their penalty mm-hmm. and their penalty is half their interest. So like if you staked for 50 years and you got 20% extra bonus shares for each year, so you get like 10x your shares. So in normal CDs, you get paid more for staking longer, about 20% per year. I just copied that behavior for this system. So if you stake for a year instead of uh, seven days, you're going to get an extra 20%. If you do that for 50 years, well, now you're up 10x, right? So you've got 10x the shares that you would otherwise have. If you instantly end your stake, I think it zeroes your account hmm. and you'll lose all of your money. Okay. And that money will be given to the people that didn't unstake, right? Right. So if you if you take a bunch of bonus shares by staking a longer time and reduce everyone else's payouts, you better do what you said you were going to do or you're going to pay a penalty, right? Right. Unlike other systems that pay interest like proof of stake or masternodes where you can just dump whenever you want. Oh, China's going to ban it. Oh, dump it. Right. In this system, when you're in, you're in (laughs) just like the real world. Right. Right. Oh, you want to cancel your CD? You pay half of the interest that you were going to get. And then it's a three month minimum Mm -hmm. on all the CDs that I've looked at. They give you a better deal on the like five year and up, maybe three to five year. You get a little bit of a discount. It's not 50 percent. Maybe it's 25 or 30 percent. There's a lot of game theory going on here. What do you think of the space these days, man? Like, look, the space has been interesting lately. Man, there's been hacks. Two exchanges been hacked in the beginning of 2019, Cryptopia and Quadringa. Um, well, Quadringa said they lost their keys, which is absolute bullshit. What was your take on those two exchanges? So one of them was a hack. One of them was just bad operations. So do you, think, crypto- you believe it was bad op- operations? Do you think there is a bad actor involved? 
Well, both. They're, they're not mutually exclusive. True. So Quadriga CX apparently lost their keys, but mm-hmm. apparently a lot of those cold wallets have been sending money around, which would mean that some of the keys weren't lost, right? Right. So whether it's straight up embezzlement or an actual loss of funds, that all comes down to bad operational practice. Everything in crypto is hard, so hard. If you want a good counterparty, go buy and sell your Bitcoin on CME, the largest market in the world, Okay. You didn't have a fucking option two years ago. It's brand new, man. Hmm. So it is the best it's ever been. It, it just, you know, it's always kind of sucky because there's so many crappy companies in the space, you know? Like, it's, it's, there's crappy companies in every space, bro. Are, are like, you for regulation? People coming in here and just taking these crappy companies out before they, they fuck people no, over? Or No. No, please. I mean... There has to be a balance, though, right? Uh, I mean, do people just keep getting fucked? Or do we come in and there was something in somebody something to say hey shitty exchange let's shut you down for a little bit until we figure out if you're doing things properly it's hard to argue against that point yeah look i i think the sec does the best job that they can in trying to help people stay unfucked and uh people still get fucked i mean let me put it to this way it's good and bad okay here's why the new york license everyone hated it right why they're coming to regulate crypto but what did the new york license give us gave us Coinbase and it gave Coinbase a bank account and it let Coinbase use that bank account to onboard millions of users. Mm-hmm. They couldn't have done that without that regulatory certainty that the New York license gave them. So for onboarding shitloads of users and for turning Coinbase into a billion dollar company, the New York license was awesome. Right. Now, here's the caveat. If we lived in a more efficient world where startups were funded and where it didn't cost a million or $2 million to get licensed as a money transmitter in every state that you need the licensing, which is maybe 26 states or something like that. Then in that world, the regulation would be unnecessary because competition would exist and people would just use better companies. It's a libertarian fucking dream, a libertarian fantasy that so very, very, very rarely comes true. Mm. So in fact, the good marketing, the good free markets that we have are free because they are regulated. And when a market is no longer regulated, it is no longer free because it will succumb to collusion and price fixing and vertical integration to where you only have one choice. Like how many cable service providers can you choose from? How many internet service providers can you choose from? So good regulation is far, far, far better than unregulated capitalism. Mm -hmm. People just don't know that because they don't remember how shitty unregulated capitalism was. It was fucking bad. I don't like the concept that crypto might have slower onboarding because there's less exchanges, because less people can afford to get signed up, because there's more regulatory overhead. But I'm also not excited about people getting yanked for their whole stack when the exchange gets wrecked. Right. I think short-term regulation would hurt adoption, but long-term would help it. Hey, so speaking of unfucking, what do you think of this whole uh, Brock Pierce, Mt. Gox rising thing that's going on? I don't know much about it. Um, I'm going to chat with him about it here actually this afternoon. But what's your idea on trying to unfuck the Mt. Gox situation? Mt. Gox is under receivership. It's technically owned by the Japanese government. And one of the claimants to Mt. Gox, which would be Tibane Limited, which was Carpolis's company, is also under receivership. Mm-hmm. How, how are you going to give the money that's already been taken by the government to some other new entity to hand it out differently? I'm not an expert on Pierce's position, but I think his position is Carpolis sucks, so let's get him as far away as possible. I think everyone 
agrees with that position. Crypto 101 is the 101. You know, this is what I like doing is I like sitting down with people like you, people that's been in the space and just, you know, just listen to you guys talk, just listen to, you know, pick your brain a little bit, hear your opinions, see what you're doing in the space. And then my listeners, they, they, they listen to you too. What would you tell this one, these 101 people, the, the new people in the space, the people that maybe bought in at 20,000 or the people that are getting in right now that are coming into the cryptocurrency space? What would your advice be to them? The bull run will happen again. Mm. The most gains you'll ever make are on a coin you got for free. If you can find free money, claim it. Try not to sell the bottom. If you're in a crap coin or a shit coin, there may not be a bottom. It might actually go to zero and not come back. Mm-hmm. If you're in a good coin, Bitcoin, Monero, Ethereum, you know, blue chip of the crypto space, wall down 85, 95%. Don't sell the bottom. Technically, Bitcoin has got three levels I'm looking at under underneath where we are now. This last 10% pump did not impress me whatsoever. Right. So, I mean, our, our low was like 31.10 and we pumped to like, we're currently 15% over that maybe. Mm-hmm. So you're 15% over your 365 day low. Wow, so bullish. And the 200 day moving average is up at 6,200. And you're ha- like, you're a doubling away from that, right? So your 50 to 200 cross, golden cross is gonna be like, I don't think that the bear market's over. I think we have another six months of this shit to chop around and then the bear market will be over. That's my guess. That's the fractal of what happened last time. So I'm going to give you the numbers that are underneath us. We've got a fractal of, fractal just means a repeat. We could repeat the 86% drop of the last bear, which will bring us down to the 2800s. Mm-hmm. Or we could repeat revisiting the peak of the last bubble, which would be 1175. Or we could dump under that the 30% that we did on our last revisit and that gets us down to around 800. So I'm happy to just hit 28. Or if we got to do 1175, fine, whatever. We're a lot closer to the bottom than we are from the top. There's a lot of money that'll be made buying the bottom of the bull, buying the bottom of the bear that turns into the bull. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of money will be made then. You've always prided yourself on, on your price predictions. So what do you think we're going to be going in the next bull? It's taking us longer to get higher because our economic mass keeps increasing. So we didn't get as high a multiple from the last bear this time as we did last time. So basically the chart looks like, why don't we do it backwards from your guys' side? So we went really high and then dumped and then went a little bit less high and then dumped longer and a little bit less high. And they get longer, but we keep going higher. Mm -hmm. So we did a bear for longer and then we did a bull for longer. So this could take six to eight months to a year to resolve if it repeats the same type of slightly longer time frame, but in Bitcoin, we also have that four-year happening that where the supply drops in half every four years. Right. And that's coming up. We might be able to not elongate much more than we already are. It, it's a possibility as far as our cyclical pump and dumping. <laughs> Give us a number. What, what are you thinking? Ne- next bull, next bull peak. Um, but without a chart in front of me, let's go 7X on 20K. Let's go 150K. Wow. Yeah. You think so? Sure. Why not? We have no users. We got to 20K and no users. <laughs> Get to 150K and no users. Like it, there's no adoption and there's no users and we did 20K. So let's, you know, maybe get a one okay app that has a tiny little bit of adoption. So with 150K Bitcoin, what do you think about Bitcoin Hex would be at? The supply is a lot higher. So the, the supply of Bitcoin is 17.5 million right now. And depending on how many bonuses are given out, we wanted to target a supply higher than XRP and Ripple, 100 billion tokens. Mm-hmm. So we targeted 300 billion. Now, the, the new 
coin that came out from the BitTorrent people targeted 990 billion. Bold move. I could always switch to 30K uh, Bitcoin hex per BTC claim and, and kind of be in the same range as them. It just moves your minimum price up on exchange by triple. So right now, one Satoshi price on exchange with 50% of the coin locked puts us, I think, at 30 million valuation market cap. And then if we moved it up to 30,000 Bitcoin hex, our one Satoshi trade price, which is minimum on most exchanges, nearly all exchanges, I'm unaware of an exchange where that's not the minimum. Then that would be 90 mil minimum market cap, which is high in the bear. And it gives you no resolution under that. So you, you could lower your ratio and then that just moves up where your trade price is. I'm probably in my head, I see charts, right? But mm-hmm. I know the listeners aren't seeing them. So if I change the ratio of Bitcoin hex to Bitcoin claims, then it would increase or decrease the total supply, which would increase or decrease the market cap right. at the minimum price. Right. So I'm 15% to change it to 30,000 just to kind of target that 900 billion, but I'm totally cool with where it's at now at 300 billion. Richard Hart, I do like uh, alternative uh, positions from most people that we have on the show. I think that's that's amazing when you are able to put out different opinions and allow listeners to have, you know, just more information. And that more information is going to give them, you know, more more information to make wiser decisions in the future about these investments that they're making. So I, I appreciate that, sir. Yeah, and I appreciate the 55 minutes of your time, man. I try and avoid all these things, which is why I don't ask anyone to do interviews. Once the token is on an exchange, I'll probably do a lot more interviews. Right now, I'm like focused on finishing the white paper and helping my devs in any way that I can and, and doing like outreach to users and really troubleshooting a lot of people, helping them learn how to sign statements from their wallets and stuff. It, it is nice to take a break from that work and, and talk to people. So right, I mean, I'm not pre- getting a lot of the old social interaction. I'm kind of waking up, working until I can't stay awake anymore and then going to sleep. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be your social interaction. Brother, last question I have for you before you go, man, give me a couple songs for the Crypto 101 Spotify playlist, man. What is Richard Hart listening to? What are you jamming out when you're writing that white paper? Usually I'm a drum and bass guy. So when I'm actually writing the white paper, I totally didn't expect that. Yeah, I know it's weird. Just like I've cycled through a lot of hobbies, I've cycled through a lot of music loves, right? So I like classical, I like rock and roll, and I like drum and bass most. So like, if you like drum and bass, uh, Wilkinson has a bunch of really great songs. If you like Neurofunk, Kamal and Rob Data, Audio has an album called Audio, which is pretty insane. Then, uh, and if you're into just like kind of indie rock and roll electronic rock stuff, there's a song called uh, The Less I Know the Better by something Panther or can't remember the name of the band. But the video to it is amazing. Like it was nominated for an award. Uh, I've seen this video so many times. And each time I watch it, I notice something new. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up for you real quick. Actually, yeah, pull it up. Hame and Paolo, The less I know, the better. That video is so goddamn good. It is fabulous, and the song is really good. This I know yeah. better. There it is. Yeah. Oh. So if you if you want that like two hour long track that just uh, that you can work to, if you do if you just Google Neurofunk. Neurofunk. Uh, yeah, All right. one of those two-hour-long mixes should keep you in the work mode. Done. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Good talk, man. I, oh, I have to, I have to, I have to end, end this properly for the show. Hold on. All right. <laughs> Not the live stream. Richard Hart, entrepreneur, Bitcoin holder, founder of Bitcoin Hex. Thank you for coming on Crypto 101, sir. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. And now you make, we... You make not eating meat look good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you one of those, you're one of those rare state guys, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs>
I eat as much steak as possible. It tastes goddamn delicious. I'm addicted to it. I don't even fuck with chicken. Chicken's not even in my in my sight, dude. <laughs> Chicken's pussy food. I want, I want. Basically, all I eat is filet mignon, like constantly. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. Richard, I know you're listening. Thank you for coming on the show, and thank you for allowing me to host you on your live. In our next episode of Crypto 101, we have on Mr. Marcus Delano East, the CTO of National Geographic. Yes, National Geographic, the one with all the great pictures, the one with Jacques Cousteau, that one. And we talk about National Geographic's commitment to using technology to better our world. Before we go, like always, ApogeeCrypto.com, A-P-O-G-E-E Crypto.com, the best place for your real-time prices. And I want to say thank you to Mr. Simon, a.k.a. S-A-K, for not only editing this episode, but providing the music for this episode. You can find his details in the show notes. We'll see you in future episodes of Crypto 101. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.